Welcome to the Akashic Musings Podcast. My name is Laura Mazzotta, and I will be your guide during this sacred experience. I'm an Akashic healer and teacher, and I've also been a therapist for almost 20 years. This podcast is your go-to opportunity for all things healing, inspiration, and empowerment. I will be sharing potent wisdom from divine intelligence in the space of the Akashic Records. For more understanding of what the Akashic Records are, I encourage you to listen to episode one or head over to my website at www.theakashictherapist.com. I'm so grateful to have you here, receiving the powerful energetic shifts that radiate through these messages. Just by listening in, you're doing your part to raise the vibration of the planet and fully realize our natural state of wellness and vitality. Without further ado, here's today's episode. This is a concept that I'm going to be talking about in very abstract terms. So I encourage you to open your heart, open your mind, receive what's coming forward through this and um, allow yourself to feel into it for yourself. And I'm going to be guiding you through a little exercise to do that in a little bit here. But um, rejection, honestly, is a word that I would love for you to remove from your vocabulary. And I am currently removing it from mine. (laughs) And um, that can take some time. You know, when we release things from our experience, whether it's a part of our language, whether it's a a relationship or an experience in our lives or attachments that we have, it can be a process. We need to be patient with ourselves and just realize that it's an ongoing process of refinement as we continue to rewire our nervous systems, rewire our subconscious minds to a new belief system and a new perspective and view of how we experience this life. So I'm going to bring forward the definitions of rejection from the dictionary. So there's a few different ones that are important to discuss. One is definition one, to dismiss or refuse a project or idea. So when you think about that definition, the word that really gets highlighted there is the word dismiss, to dismiss or refuse a project or idea. If somebody's refusing, that's their decision to just say, no, I'm not available for this. It's a non-negotiable. But dismissiveness feels very different to our nervous systems, especially if you have a history of trauma or previous rejection, neglect, abandonment, abuse, etc. So we look at the word dismiss, and that is to treat as unworthy of serious consideration, to send away or to allow them to leave, right? So Inherent in this definition of rejection is the idea of unworthiness, right? What's really underneath this concept of rejection is unworthiness. And so that's why we feel like shit when we say that we're rejected, right? That's one of the reasons why. Stay with me. We're continuing with this. The second definition of this is spurning a person's affection. So what does spurning mean? Spurning is to reject with contempt. And contempt is thinking someone is deserving of scorn. And scorn is disregard for something that should be taken into account. 
So again, it's this idea that we feel rejected, which is that we feel unworthy, definition one. But we also don't feel like we are deserving of anything other than being disregarded. That we are not worthy of being taken into account. And other brief definitions are dismissing as inadequate or not to one's taste. Like, do you really want to take on a word and embody something and say, like, I've been rejected? Because that for you is you're taking on this idea that you're inadequate or that you're not to one's taste. Fuck that. Right? Like, fuck that you're not to somebody's taste. Who gives a shit? You need to be you. And if you are feeling that rejection consistently from somebody else in a patterned way, that is you signing up for allowing yourself to align with unworthiness, to align with feeling inadequate, which is where the boundaries come in, which is where you get to say, I love you and I want this so badly. I want this situation. I want this person. I want this feeling, whatever it is. But I am not willing to stand in unworthiness to receive it. Right. And finally, the last definition here is failing to meet standards or satisfy taste, which that one is just hysterical to me because it's like, whose standards? Like, who gets to decide the standards? <laughs> right. Like, you get to make your own standards for yourself. So it's a good reminder to kind of come back to identifying what are your standards. And if you're feeling consistently rejected or inadequate or unworthy, I guarantee you, you need to heighten your standards. It's not as much about, oh, let me dive into like all my old shit and dig it up. But instead, it's like, how can I raise my standards to admit that I want and deserve more than what I'm receiving? Okay, so we're going to go through this in a couple different ways. One is talking about our language. And what this whole thing shows you, this concept of rejection, dismissal, spurning a person's affection, inadequacy, unworthiness, failing to meet standards. It's a huge representation of how our language is literally designed to instill shame. And who created our language? A lot of people would say that it's white men and this is the patriarchy at its finest. I'm not saying that's not part of it, but I'm also not in a space of resentment and anger. And I choose not to align with that on a consistent basis. I know it runs through me every once in a while. I am a human being, but um, for me, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter who created it. What matters is having the awareness that we get to decide what language we want to use what language we decide to operate under and really assign any kind of meaning to. We get to put meaning to anything. We get to refute the definition of anything. So it's really you being able to return to yourself and identify like what feels good because you think about it and it's like, regardless of who made up these words and who decided to define things in a way that make us feel unworthy at times, right? It's simply a reflection of that language was created by human beings. Human beings have natural waves of emotion as they are experienced in the moment or over the course of their lifetime. So definitions, yes, they are based on experiences of a collective few. So it's like, you know, one dude got together with another dude. They both had the same experience. They put a word to it right? They put it in the dictionary and they say, okay, well, this makes sense because it's not just me that's experiencing this. There's a number of people that are experiencing this, but 
society's grown a heck of a lot since some of these words were developed. And there's a lot of different opinions and perspectives and experiences that unfold through lots of different pockets of society and culture. And so being able to rigidly connect to a concept that's created by a chosen few or a select few is really a poor representation of how we are meant to use this language on a day-to-day basis. Okay, I know that's an abstract concept, but the fact is that we're always evolving. And so our language also deserves evolution, especially when our thoughts and words magnetize our reality. That's the basics of the law of attraction. We literally actualize our power and have the ability to create our reality entirely from choosing our vibe, from choosing our thoughts, from choosing our words. And is that all of it? No, it's not always all of it. Sometimes it can be that simple depending on what we're talking about. But for the most part, I'm going to be taking you through an exercise here that allows you to really feel into these kinds of things and feel into this concept of rejection rather than making this a cognitive process. I think that one layer is shifting our thoughts and is shifting our words, but and that does shift our vibration, but we also want to connect with the body and we want to connect with the part of our subconscious minds that does not process through language, that processes through feeling and symbolism and vibration. So that is 95% of what is expressed through our behavior and through our interactions with other people is our subconscious material. Only 5%, if that, that's a generous amount, is what we have access to on our day-to-day lives and think is our reality, okay? But our actually our reality is a reflection of our subconscious identity. And so we need to connect with our subconscious identity and rewire that in order to see long-lasting change within ourselves. So. When you think of the concept of rejection, and you can also tune into some of these other words, like being dismissed, being spurned, feeling inadequate or unworthy at the result of someone else or something else, failing to meet standards, okay? This can be a very common feeling when we feel like we've failed, okay? We feel like we've been rejected by ourselves, by the universe, by a job situation, by a relationship, by something not working out, right? We've somehow failed, Okay, so tune into any of those words around rejection and identify what does it feel like in your body? Where does it live within your body? What sensation do you feel and where is that located? And get specific about this sensation. Don't just make this like a brief check-in. Give yourself a few moments to really settle into this and connect intimately with your body. Have an exchange with your body. Where is this coming forward? What does it feel like? How much space does it take up? If you could describe that sensation physically, how would you describe it? If you could describe that sensation emotionally, what would that feel like to you? You can even identify the thought that goes along with this feeling because that's not us just choosing the cognitive. That's us allowing our bodies to guide us to a deeper thought that's underlying what's coming forward in our physical body. Okay? So that is 
one of the brief exercises that you can tune into when you feel rejected, because that's where the control and the power comes from of your own reality. Because if I feel something in my body, then I'm getting subconscious material coming forward as to how is this situation impacting me? Because there may be times in your childhood or previously in adulthood or in a past life or in your ancestry or in your energy field, in your environment somewhere that is bringing forward wounding that needs to be healed because you're not going to feel rejected. You're not going to feel dismissed or unworthy unless there's a part of you that still carries that code that resonates with it. There's something about it that's validating a part of your subconscious identity if it bothers you. Because if you feel like a fucking rock star and you feel like a million bucks and you're confident as fuck, if somebody rejects or dismisses you, your response is going to be, I don't have space for that. Obviously, if it happens one time, okay. But I'm talking about patterned rejection. And sometimes this is what can happen is like we have experienced pattern rejection, but then we get into a new relationship or a new situation. We feel it again and our nervous systems respond as if it's the previous situations. And that's where tuning into the body is helpful because we get to identify what's the difference between a reactive nervous system response based on how it's wired and a true message from our subconscious mind that this situation or relationship is not aligned for me and I get to do something about it. I get to choose that boundary. And that doesn't mean that it's over forever, right? But it means that for right now, it's until such and such is in place or until I'm at a stronger place, this is not something that I'm able or willing to hold. And that is you choosing your worthiness, choosing your strength, and choosing your vibration, from a situation that makes you feel rejected. Because what happens is we end up blaming other people. We end up blaming the situation and making it, oh, we're the victim. We're the ones who are wounded. They're the ones who are wrong. I've been wronged, right? But that's giving your power to somebody else and allowing them to control your feelings and your reality. And the only reason that that resonates so strongly is because you are not bold and confident enough to be able to say, I'm not available for this. I'm better than this, right? So the last thing that I want to share about this is that, and this is going to be the harder part, especially if rejection is really raw for you right now and it's feeling really present in your field. This whole experience and concept is actually a call to deepen your commitment to empowering the collective, everyone around you, including yourself, to hold space for every single human to own and assert their voice. They're allowed to reject you. They're allowed to spurn. They're allowed to dismiss you. They're allowed to think that you don't meet standards. They're allowed to think that you're not worthy. Okay, and that's hard to sit with and to accept as humans because we get very, very attached, right? But when we hold space for other people to own and assert their voices, we are also holding space for ourselves to assert own and our own and vice versa. So if you really, really trust divine order, then you trust that the situations that come forward are exactly meant for you, that they're guiding you on your path, and that if this person or situation is meant for you, your paths will cross again and in just the right timing. Okay, because ultimately... Each one of us is first and foremost of service on this planet to one another, to divine order, and to allowing our paths to unfold in a way that really serves the whole and not just us. When we get too 
settled into rejection and worry about how we feel or how we're coming off or how people feel about us or how situations are unfolding, then we get into that control mentality and we make it about us. This isn't about us. It's not about you. It's about celebrating the fuck out of others' voices and celebrating the fuck out of your own voice and getting curious about your own voice when these kinds of feelings come up. Even if you judge somebody else's choice or it's massively disappointing to you, remember that your belief in and encouragement of their sovereignty is a reflection of your belief in and encouragement of your own. Because if you get that and you get to stand in your sovereignty and you get to make your own path and make your own decisions and set boundaries, they get to as well. Okay, you get to respond to the invitation to master and create your own reality, however you want it to look, and they get to do the same. So when this comes up, you get to honor what's coming up with you and step into a next level of yourself and give them space and allow them space and love them into choosing their own voice. And that might mean that their voice is something you don't want to hear right now. And that's okay. Take a break. Take a breather. Take a breath. And return to you, return to those sensations within you and allow them to speak to you. So I hope this was helpful. I look forward to seeing you next week on another episode of the Akashic Musings podcast. Definitely take a screenshot of this episode, share it onto your Facebook or Instagram stories and tag me at Emerge Healing and Wellness and I will share the love right back. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Akashic Musings podcast. I'm so grateful you're taking the time to integrate healing at the deepest level. If you loved this episode, connect with me on Instagram at Emerge Healing and Wellness or contact me through my website at www.theakashictherapist.com. I'll see you next week on the next episode of the Akashic Musings podcast. Bye for now and have a wonderful week.